This is Creeps Anonymous. Okay, Olivia said, forcing out a breath instead of hurling her phone into the harbor. Fuck. She jumped down the retaining wall and headed back to the car with a single-minded passion. Stay cool. Stay cool. Shaking her car keys out of her pocket, Olivia fumbled them into Shaka's door handle, feeling an almost physical itch crawling up the back of her neck. Closed up in the car with the windows rolled up, Olivia braced herself on her knees and let out an almost keening scream. Fuck! She said, feeling her voice go hoarse and ragged. Her voicemails to Max floated back to her in piecemeal. Private please. Their intended recipient could never hear them again, but that just brought back a question to who was. A guttural groan of shame bubbled up in her throat. A neutral party, huh? She said bitterly to herself, slumped over the steering wheel. Real fucking nice job on that one. At the base of the ivy lattice, Olivia stared upwards towards Sammy's lit window, wondering if she was in shape enough to make her way back up. She gave a frustrated shake of her head at the day's absurdity. Whatever, how hard can it be? Like a baseball pitcher, she wiped down her sweaty palms and then poised herself to grab a nearby lattice plank. Placing her boot down on a lower rung, she gave the structure a testing lean with her full weight. The old wood groaned beneath her, an uneasy omen for her upwards ascent. She took a small breath and reached above her head for another plank on the lattice and pulled herself up. She found another foothold in the dark and moved diagonally towards the window. The mold and the dust in the old ivy kicked up underneath her hands, making her nose itch. Olivia held her breath as she made it halfway up, too afraid to sneeze and lose her balance. She happened to look down, feeling a dizzy nausea creep up into her stomach. The process down the lattice looked like it was a lot easier than the way up, which Sammy had conveniently forgotten to mention, and Olivia had famously forgotten to account for that. She made a note to have Sammy leave the back door open for next time. After a few more nerve-wracking rungs up, Olivia strained and reached for the window pane, sliding it upwards. A thick stem of ivy snapped beneath her, sending Olivia sliding backwards into nothing. By sheer chance, Olivia's hand scrambled up, pinching down hard on the peeling windowsill. She blessed the fact that she was doing this sober, or she most likely would have folded herself in half by now. Riding her feet, she used the momentum to messily vault herself through the window. Sammy sat up in her bed, putting her phone down. What are you doing? Coming home, Olivia said, briskly jerking her chin towards her cousin. What are you doing? I was watching Running Man until that Kramer entrance just now, Sammy replied, giving her a pointed look as she picked her phone back up. Yeah, I, sorry, I'm heavier than you think, Olivia said, panting, using her hands to brace her side. Look, something weird happened tonight. What do you mean weird? Okay, so this is going to sound really stupid, but I've been leaving messages on Max's old telephone number. Just like, you know, when I get really overwhelmed and I feel like I want to talk to him and tell him stuff. I don't think that's stupid, but continue, Sammy said, pulling the covers back and swinging her feet over the side of the bed. Well, so I've been kind of reaching out to a number that basically, you know, goes nowhere. So I thought that it would be safe to just, I don't know, kind of just say what was on my mind, stuff I wished I'd said sooner. And? And tonight, someone texted me back. What? Sammy asked. Yeah, someone, an actual person, texted me back. It kind of sent me for a loop, Olivia said. They asked, who is this? Oh, God, Sammy said, the embarrassment suddenly dawning on her. Someone else already has the number. Uh-huh, Olivia replied, waiting for Sammy to catch up to the rest. Which means you have no idea how much this person hurt, Sammy said, almost looking apologetic. Yeah, Olivia said, shaking her head. This crazy idiot has probably heard the most private, innermost thoughts, and I'm just sitting here sending messages. I, I want to curl up and die. 
okay, well, maybe it's possible they're not old and therefore don't check their voicemail, Sammy said, shrugging. Oh yeah, hilarious. I'm sending my grief-stricken messages to a fucking toddler playing Fortnite. That definitely makes me feel better. <laughs> no, a toddler in Fortnite wouldn't bother answering your messages. They're better than that, Sammy said, and then suddenly looked at the time. Which reminds me, I have a match to spectate. On Fortnite, Olivia asked, scrunching up her face. Oh my god, no, Sammy said, sticking her tongue out, giving a almost jokingly pretentious wiggle of her black nails. Okay, but really, what should I do about this weird rando, Olivia said, waving her hand like a tired grandma as she eased back down in her own bed. Maybe you could do that internet wizardry that you do? You know, look up who has a new number? That would be really poggers of you. First of all, no. Just block the number. Second of all, you have to stop with that word, Sammy said, suddenly enraged, lifting a plushie off her bed as a warning. No, I just really think it would really make you the goat, Olivia said, trying her best to keep a straight face. You are so old, Sammy said, tossing the projectile plushie at her. The soft bean pelted her in the tired head. I was born old kid, but this geriatric has to go to bed now. Promise to catch me up on the gamer vernacular tomorrow. Sammy shook her head in silent judgment, slowly lifting her phone back up to her face. I've got my eyes on you. You're on thin ice, Simon. Thin ice. Olivia gave her a snorting laugh and pulled her covers up against her ear. As she settled in, she tried to muffle the world around her. The unfamiliar settling noises of the attic and the drone of the canned TV laughter from Sam's phone eased her into a pre-sleep restlessness. Rolling away from Sammy, she opened up the thread with Max on her phone again, scrolling past the last sentence. Who is this? The words stared up at her, glowing off her screen like a condemnation. Well, that could be a pretty existential question if you really thought about it. And it was a question she wasn't prepared to tackle in an evening, she wagered, tucking her phone beneath the covers. On Saturday morning, she woke with a subconscious sort of anger at being roused from a really interesting dream. She was being squeezed up against the front row gates at a show. The lights were low and the gates rocked hard against the stage. She fought to keep her breath up with the rush. She felt the buzzing at the back of her head like an annoying bug she couldn't find, stuck in her hair. Her hand felt her head but found nothing. Instead, she began to hear the cutting blare of a car horn in the stadium parking lot. Olivia turned to look around, but it was as if no one could hear it. She mouthed the words, what the fuck, before pushing through the crowd. She opened her eyes, her comforter smashed between herself and the wall. Underneath her pillow, her phone was going off. From outside, she could hear someone out in the street laying on their horn. She tried to get some moisture back into her mouth by smacking her lips and grabbing her phone from underneath the pillow. Sammy leaned in through the beaded curtain. Oh good, you're up. I was about to smother you with that phone. No, I, I got it. Jess is calling me. Olivia sat up in bed, rubbing her face. She looked at her phone again. Fuck, it's Jess calling me. She ripped the comforter off, leaping off the daybed. Sammy looked on halfway through the curtain, locked in place with a bemused curiosity. Everything good? She asked. I have plans with Jess today to go to the... Fuck! Olivia dug through her pile of questionably clean clothes on the floor, answering her phone. Yeah, sorry. You overslept and forgot we had plans today, Jess said on the other end of the line. It was not so much of a question, but an assured statement. Olivia's body sagged a moment. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm getting dressed now. Five minutes. I'm outside. The blaring horn stopped outside, and Olivia took the momentary piece to shimmy into a pair of crumpled jeans. She stuffed her slept-in hair into some sort of caricature of an effortless bun and slipped her way through the beaded curtain. Here, Sammy handed her a denim jacket. It's cold outside, and you smell like moldy laundry. Olivia pulled her t-shirt up to her nose for a testing sniff. Moldy laundry? Like the kind you leave in the washing machine for too long? Take it. She's been waiting for you outside. Sammy put the jacket into her free hand. Okay, bet. 
Olivia grabbed Sammy's half-empty monster off her dresser and downed the drink to wake herself up. She grimaced as she washed it down. It was flat and a touch more sour than it was supposed to be. Hey, I didn't offer that to you, Sammy said, face incredulous. Olivia let out a loud, spicy belch. Goodbye, she sang to her while burping. Absolutely foul. Sammy shook her head as Olivia slipped out the bedroom door. She took the stairs down two at a time and towed into her boots, leaving them untied. She could take care of that in the car. Outside, the sun was a blight to her eyes. She locked up and stared down at Jess's car at the curb, and she could only see the sun beating off the shiny top, like a lick of white-hot lava. Blinking, she made her way to the passenger side door and pulled it open. She found herself looking down at the confused face of Mila, Dima's mother. Olivia bent down to greet her. Oh, hello, Mila. It's good to see you. Olivia cupped her face, flattening down her wild eyebrows with a mother's attention to detail. Olivia, Rebushka, have you been feeding yourself? You look so skinny. I was trying to tell you on the phone to hop in the back seat, but you hung up too soon. Jess leaned over, pointing her thumb over her shoulder. Olivia followed Jess's gesture and found herself meeting Dima's eyes in the back seat. Her heart sank a little bit before she caught her smile, slipping. Hey, she said weakly. All right, get in. Let's get there before this place gets crowded, Jess said, rolling up her window. Olivia climbed in next to Dima in the back seat and buckled up, trying to force her face into a semblance of public-facing normalcy. Of course he was here. Of course, she told herself. That makes sense. But there was something about not expecting him, suddenly having to face a physical reminder of their shared hurt together with no warning, having to pretend in front of his grieving mother like they weren't fucking. Worst of all, trying to play it cool under Jess's watchful eye. Dear Lord. Not even a whole can of monster could prepare her for that. Now. When she looked up, there were flowers in her face, white, dusty lilies, and big yellow sunflowers. Olivia sneezed. For you, Dima said, putting the bouquet in her arms. He arranged the other plastic wrap bouquets in his lap, trying not to get his dress shirt wet. He looked admittedly good in a button-down, she noticed, licking her teeth ruefully. He brushed his blonde hair back with a little gel, and she could see his tattoos peering out from his pressed shirt. She hated that it did something for her, especially while feeling all underslept, unprepared, and vulnerable. You look nice. He deigned a smile at her when he noticed her staring. That's generous, Jess teased from up the front seat. I don't think she brushed her hair today, though. See, that's where you're wrong, Olivia took the teasing on the chin, glad for the deflection on Jess's part. She wasn't sure how much her friend knew about her and Dima, but the less any of them had to think about it, the better. She decided to rest her head against the seat and watch the streets pass by the window. It felt good to half-heartedly listen to Mila and Jess talking about the holidays, getting lost in the mundane details of food prep and headcounts. After they passed Highland Boulevard, Olivia could see Dima's nose take a quick testing sniff of the air in the back seat. Discreetly, she watched him lift the lilies to his nose and felt the dread of Sammy's words coming back to her. She pulled her jacket closed and hugged the bouquet to her chest, trying to push the dread of arriving out of her brain. Jess, however, took that moment to pull into the gravel parking lot and help Dima's mother out of the passenger seat. Dima got out and began to arrange the bouquets once again, offering her a hand to get out of the car. She stared at his hand for a moment, wondering if there was an option to just stay there, in the hot car, in an even warmer parking lot. Coming? he asked her. I suppose so, she said, feeling her throat get tight. He leaned down. You chicken? Shut it, before I sign you up for AARP, old man. She accepted his hand, pulling herself out. The weather was unseasonably warm and sunny for autumn, and she noticed there were still bees out deep in this year, ducking out between the bushes dappled with late-blooming flowers. Dima handed out the bouquets to Jess, and then his mother, and then kept one for himself. Olivia watched Jess take Mila's arms in hers, and then helped her up the grassy slope. 
You gotta watch for the tree roots down here. She could hear Jess murmuring as they disappeared over the hill. That brought a smile to Olivia's face. It was good that Jess could grieve with Max's family, but the loss of a son made them bring her even deeper into the fold. She kind of needed that. Max hadn't gotten around to proposing to Jess for real, but not that it mattered. They'd all grown up together as an indelible knot of lunatic kids, and Max and Jess just sort of knew, and everyone around them did too. Olivia, on the other hand, wasn't really sure what that feeling looked like on the inside of it. Had it somebody just know? She looked down at the bouquet of lilies in her hand and gave the plastic a gentle crunch to ease her nerves. She felt something brush her arm and looked up. Dima slipped his arm underneath hers, placing her palm on his forearm. My lady, he said, putting on a theatrical butler voice. Olivia looked over at him, feeling an unexpected gratitude wash over her. You looked a little unsteady there again, he said, helping her crest the slope. She leaned into his weight on the way up, and they paused at the top of the hill, underneath the shade of an old oak tree. Down below, rows of sun-warmed headstones lined the lime-green grasp. Her fingers gave an unintentional press into Dima's arm. He responded by pulling her close, giving her arm a soft squeeze. Is this your first time visiting, he asked, like he was catching her at a local bar. First time, first time, she nodded, eyes traveling over the headstones as she watched Mila and Jess make their way towards Max. Nice place, Dima said, squinting into the distance. You come here a lot? She asked, watching Jess and Mila stoop down in the distance by a small, simple gravestone. Only a few times. It's tough to get out here, you know, he said. Yeah, I know, she said, glad that she wasn't looking at him directly. You left before the funeral was over, so I guess this is your first time seeing his gravestone, Dima said, staring down at his own bouquet of flowers. I didn't leave after church because I wanted to be rude. Olivia broke her promise to herself and looked up into Dima's face. She wasn't prepared to see him so sad. It was just because being there while he was being buried felt really... Final, he offered. Yes. She felt herself let out of breath that she didn't know she was keeping. I know that's so stupid, she said, digging the toe of her boot into a patch of grass. You lost a brother, Jess lost a fiancé, your parents lost a son. I don't get to make my pain special. I'm sorry for what I said the other week. That's it's not my pain. Sure it is, he said, looking up into the network of leaves and the tree above them. But it's like this heavy plate we're all holding one side of. You know, if that makes sense. Olivia nodded. Yeah. It, d it does. The thing about the plate is that you don't have to hold up one side all by yourself, he ventured. I don't know what I'm holding, Olivia said, finding herself hiccuping, her face tightening. I grew up with a person who just got everything without me needing to explain the hard stuff and would always listen when there was hard stuff. I knew he'd always know what to say. Dima nodded. Yeah, he was good at that. He was. He was so fucking smart. Like, we went through every shitty formative experience together, and there wasn't a moment I ever felt alone. And then he went overseas, and he came back, and we started growing up, and it was like someone turned off the sun. And that whole time, I was so sore about feeling like I was being left behind. Like, he'd gone out and gotten a life without me, and I was just here. And then finding out that things weren't okay for him, knowing that I couldn't even do the same for him when he needed me. I, I've i never wanted to trade places with a dead person more in my life. 
You definitely tried. Dima gave her a small, teasing smile. Oh, blow me, she said. Joining in on the hijinks with my cousin, I see. Someone's got to keep you humble, he laughed. I am sorry, she said. Except this time she really meant it. Dima looked back to his mother and Jess cleaning up around Max's gravestone, and his smile faded into something she couldn't quite place. I almost lost two people I love a lot. That really threw me for a loop. She stared at him for a moment, unsure whether she felt more surprised at his sudden admission that he cared about people or that he felt scared about losing them. The guilt followed shortly after. She was out here making an ass of herself while people were hurting, and she'd scared them. I spent an unhealthy amount of time wondering why he did it, Olivia said after a moment, willing the tears away by sheer force. I think he came back to a place that was supposed to feel like home, and none of it made any sense, and that probably made him feel incredibly lonely. Lonely enough where he felt like maybe he was a burden to the folks around him. Olivia chewed at her lip, her face feeling hot with shame. Kind of makes you want to be super careful with the people in your life. He looked down at her, his eyes unreadable. You ready to head down there? Yeah, I guess, she said, patting his arm. Once they cleared the slope and neared Max's gravestone, they could see Jess waving them over. You two old fogies finally made it down the hill, she called over. Someone's out of shape after COVID. Man, she's like the roasting queen. No wonder Max fell in love with her, Olivia said. She really is, though we were all kind of surprised at first that he didn't end up with you. What are you, nuts? Why would you think that? Just that you guys were like the Wonder Twins. You were always attached to the hip as kids, and, you know, when Jess showed up on the scene, we were all worried you'd be jealous. No. Olivia smiled, remembering the first time Jess went trick-or-treating with them when Halloween, and how she'd suggested ditching their old neighborhood in Old Town and taking the train to Tottenville for better candy. She'd always had it. Besides, my attentions were kind of elsewhere. Where was that? Video games, music, weed. She gave him a sidelong glance, knowing that he was a formative part of at least two of those things. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds like your priorities were in the right place. You never really liked chasing after boys, did you? Dima laughed. Olivia shook her head, keeping the irony and the smile to herself. By the way, I've been meaning to ask you, Dima turned, looking her over. Yeah, what's up? Is your washer broken? I was going to ask if you need help with that. I notice your shirt smells a bit like dog, he said, the last bit a bit gently, trying not to hurt her feelings. No, she said, suddenly grouchy, buttoning her jacket all the way. I just keep forgetting my laundry in the wash. Okay, all right, thank God. I thought you were holding out a new puppy on me, man. That would really have cut me deep. You're really looking to pick a fight today, old man, she said, subtly kicking him in the shin. She watched him gently trip with a small pleasure as she strode up to the ladies, holding up her bouquet. All right, where do these go? Jess dropped off Dima and Mila first, which always meant at least 10 minutes of Mila hanging through the passenger side window, trying to offer food, toiletries, and asking about Jess and Olivia's mothers. After Olivia's seventh polite decline of Mila's rabbit stew, the woman gave each girl a gentle pat on the hand and a shuck on the cheek. As Mila was trying to pull herself back out the window, she smoothed over Olivia's wild hair and took a moment to run her eyes over her, as if checking for cuts and scrapes. It was good to see you, she said, her blue-gray eyes sparkling. Come by more often. Olivia gave her hand a gentle pat back, nodded, feeling her heart squeezing in her chest. When Jess pulled away, she straightened out her rearview mirror, and Olivia got a quick glance at Dima, lingering on the curve as they drove home. Love that woman, Olivia said, trying to break the tension. 
I do, Jess agreed, shaking her head. I swear she's the only reason why I gained 10 pounds this last few months. They're force-feeding me dumplings. I couldn't think of a more comfortable purgatory, honestly. Honestly, Jess laughed, leaning over the steering wheel. Also, it looks like you were getting pretty chummy with Dima there. Leave it, Olivia groaned, annoyed that you couldn't get a single thing past Jess. He was just helping me up the hill. Totally, Jess said with a mischievous look on her face. I'm just here as your friend to deliver my yearly public service announcement that we do not fuck with Dmitri Halachok. Olivia threw her hands up, and I continue to not do so. Good. Jess's body relaxed her death grip on the steering wheel. Because that dude is a problem from day one. He's always been a problem. It's bad enough you and him have this thing. We don't have a thing. We have history. It's not the same thing. Liv, people don't have history with their weed guy, Jess said. I grew up with the both of them, Jess. I didn't get to pick and choose the people I grew up with. We all just sort of found each other. No, he found you, Jess said, leaving the real meat of the conversation at her feet. Come on, Jess, Olivia shook her head. Ollie, the guy is a textbook male manipulator emo dude. He hasn't dated a girl over 19 in a decade, and he's 35. I think that's mostly an issue of the scene, not the individual, though. It's not like the dude went out of his way to groom me. Ali, the reason your mom hates him is because he sang the song he made up, When Are You Turning 18, for like a year. A whole year, Ali. Yeah, um, yeah, that was pretty egregious and on the nose, I will admit, but that was, that was years ago, Olivia sighed. That was four years ago. Jess pressed her lips together and decided to leave it there. <sighs> okay, maybe you have a point, Olivia conceded. All I'm saying is that we're not a thing. Cool, Jess smiled at her because you can do better than history. We leave that shit in the past for a reason.